You're listening to the Food Freedom Life Podcast. My name is Brittany Allison, and I spent six plus years stuck in diet binge cycles, hating my body, and envying others who seem to have it all because I never felt enough. What I discovered in my journey to food freedom and becoming a registered dietitian is this. You can either live your life at war with your mind or learn to work in sync with it. So if you're ready to learn how to be in tune with yourself and evolve your life, welcome to the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Food Freedom Life podcast. Today, I have a very special past client on the show, and I'm really excited to have her here and do an interview. We have Kendall with us. Welcome, Kendall. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we worked together. I think that was back in 2020. I think you were one of my kind of first COVID clients. Yeah, totally. You uh, came in and saved me in 2020. And I'm just so thankful that we're here sitting here today where we're at. And uh, yeah, it's been a cool journey. Feels like a lifetime ago. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah. So why don't we start off by maybe you just sharing a little bit more about you as a person? Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Kendall Lichko, and I live in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. I am 34 years old. I was, I've always been like a prairie girl born here. I was an athlete for most of my life. I still consider myself like a wannabe athlete. I love being active and doing different things. I live in Regina with my husband, Josh, and where I'm a very proud dog mom. And soon, I'm currently 35 weeks pregnant, so soon to become a mom in the next couple of weeks here. So yeah, that's kind of mostly about myself. Yeah, that's awesome. What are some of the things that you like to do in your spare time? I love to cook. I love to like work with food, prep food, that kind of thing. My childhood dream was to be a chef. And so that's kind of where my love of cooking started. I love to be outside. We love to go to hike on hikes, camping, just anything to take us outside of the house. I consider myself to be someone who cares a lot about my relationships and my friends. So I put a lot of effort into people in my life. We love to travel, although we haven't been doing as much lately um but we're really looking forward to doing that in the coming years here yeah that's mostly my like what interests me and what excites me awesome thank you for sharing when would you say that your issues with food and body image started i would say i was the first time i was called fat was in grade seven by boy and i think that is kind of the first time that maybe I already probably had some insecurities about my body. Um, When I was in grade three, we moved from, we lived in Calgary at the time to the small town in uh, Saskatchewan where we moved to. And it was probably my first time realizing like trying to have to like fit in or find my people. And I think at that time, not necessarily that I was concerned about my body, but it was the first time I had to consider like, who do I want to be to fit in instead of just who am I? And then, yeah, getting called fat at grade seven, I think that really started making me think about my body. Um, You can't see me, obviously, but I'm a six foot woman. um, When I was in grade, I was five, eight when I was in grade eight. So I was tall for my age, um, adding all that in there. And so um, that's kind of through sports, I realized like, like I can remember back in grade nine in volleyball, um, we would wear spandex shorts. And I remember being uncomfortable because at the time, actually looking back, I was a very good athlete. I was tall, I was slim, but I had stretch marks on my inner thighs. Mm-hmm. And so I alluded that to being fat. Little did I know I actually had such strong legs and that 
I had stretch marks to accommodate the muscle on my legs. And so like, I think really it was like those formative, like early teen years um, when I really started to start struggling with my body image that eventually led to the feelings of like eating or how to change my body. Mm. And I think it was probably for me, like I maybe already had like had some insecurities. And so for someone to say that to me out loud, almost validated that piece of me that was like, I need to change or I'm aware of these things. And so it just planted a seed at that time of doubt or of like who I, who I was in the world or how much space I was taking and Mm -hmm. fueled those thoughts instead of me being able to, I don't know that I could, obviously I couldn't roll with like that comment, let it just roll off my back, but I wish now I could talk to myself then and say like, oh, like this is not validating anything. Yeah. This is about not about me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and you, you can't go back and change it, but you can still speak to that version of you that lives inside you now. Yeah, absolutely. And so how did changing food and trying to change your body go over the years? What did that evolve into? Yeah. So I would say like, I was, as I said, I was a very uh, competitive, talented athlete. And so I was more like in high school and stuff was aware of my weight and always felt like I was bigger than my friends. But at that time, I never, I, I was aware of like foods and dieting, but I wasn't doing it. Um, I was more focused on just like how to be a good athlete at that time. But my story is a little bit unique because when I was 17, I had a stroke actually like just like a TIA stroke at the time. So I went from being like that amazing athlete to having to relearn how to walk and going through a pretty serious health condition at the time. And with that, my body went in, the one of the ways my body went into shock was by gaining weight. And so my stroke happened in July. By December of that year, I gained 60 pounds just because like, that's what my body did as a way to keep me safe. So that was when it like really was difficult. Cause like already having some body image issues and then already like kind of like feeling insecure as a teen in my own body and then actually like gaining a lot of weight at once and kind of going from like being an athlete to being someone who like had to have a major lifestyle change yeah um was incredibly difficult and so that's where like at that point then I was like in my mind I was like I actually have so much extra weight on me like I had no idea what I was before until what I was now. Right. And so that was like what kind of started fueling like, how do I eat? How do I like lose weight to look like I did before? And it really messed with my, just like my mental health, my view of myself, I guess. Mm. And so um, how that worked is that once I went to university, it was kind of like start fresh. I'm going to lose all this weight. And I was on my own for the first time. So it was like, that's when I can start dieting and like doing different things. And because of this health scare, I was going and seeing tons of different specialists at the time and trying to figure out some different stuff medically. And I remember meeting with one woman specialist. I wish I could go back and talk to her now because she said to me at the time, she's like, well, if you're really concerned about your weight, just like start drinking V8 and just drink V8 for two weeks. And I didn't like the taste of V8, thank the Lord, because I literally like took that as such an opportunity to like the amount of time I gave brain space to that being like, she's right. I should just drink V8 only for two weeks so I can lose a whole bunch of weight Mm. and feel better about myself. And uh, 
I never did, thankfully, because I in psychological, like I also knew consciously, like that wasn't healthy, that wasn't good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was stuff like that that I was kind of like very aware I needed to lose weight at that time, and like trying to fit in and find out who I was in university. And then my second year university is when I, well, the summer of after my second year university, I was introduced to Weight Watchers. And so that summer, all I did was focus on Weight Watchers, eating and moving. And I guess I should say during this time, I was always very active in university too. Like I was playing rec volleyball and I was trying to get ready for like a 10K run that I'd never done before. So like I was always working out, but it was like for the purpose of losing weight or looking a certain way. Mm -hmm. It was never for like enjoyment. It was punishment. So yeah, when I got introduced to Weight Watchers and Weight Watchers like worked for me at that time in the sense of like, I learned a lot about food and how to like manage it and what it would look like. But I now looking back, the way I would do it is that like, I would eat everything like processed. Sensations, for example, were like these cookies that would come in a bag. They were a hundred calories in a pack. And it was like, oh, this is my way of getting like treats, but it's only a hundred calories. So great. I've had two sensation or three sensation snacks today. Mm -hmm. I can, I can monitor that. And Mm -hmm. if I ran out of points, I'd have a diet Coke at eight o'clock at night when I was hungry. So like little things like that, that fit in the points, but, and, but we're like nowhere's near health. Yes. But in the time it would like, I would go every week and I would, if I stepped on and I lost weight, I would like go into the room, which was filled with like, at this point, like 40, 50, 60 year old women. There was like one other girl that was probably my age. That was like 20 at the time. Mm-hmm. And I would text my parents and be like, I'm down 1.2 or I'm down 2.4 or whatever the case. And I remember being like, so proud of myself mm-hmm. and on the weeks I didn't, I like gained, it gave me so much motivation to go harder the next week mm. so that I could have a loss. And we have like a big music festival out here every summer. And I went to it that summer with a girlfriend of mine. And there's a lot, like I was in my early twenties, there was a lot of drinking and that kind of thing. And I remember being very concerned about like, oh, I'm going to gain a lot of weight because I'm going to be like drinking and not eating on plan per se. And I like planned all these, like specifically snacks so that they would be like low calorie snacks so I could drink more and then hopefully still like lose weight. And I remember going like the next week and like, yeah, having a big loss. I mean, like I did it, but it was like so much of that weekend was spent on me, like thinking about food or being concerned about like my way in the next week versus just like being in the moment of that event, I would guess. Yeah. You went through a lot with your body and it sounds like for a long time you were really just focused on how it looked and you had this major health scare and I love that you can look back now and say hey that weight gain was my body trying to keep me safe and protect me and keep me alive but at the time it sounds like you didn't look at it that way no exactly it was like so devastating to me as a 17 year old to like have all of a sudden like looked this way and I was having lots of different like health issues and your personality changes a bit when you have a brain trauma and so it was a lot of change all at once. So I felt like a brand new person and it was so kind of like out of my body. So it took me a lot, a long time to get feeling back of like, this is who I am. And that like, I had a stroke. I'm not the girl who had a stroke. And like, so much in that first little bit, like I had to almost like 
say to people as soon as I meet them, like I had a stroke to justify like why I look the way I did. Mm. It was, um, yeah, it was a really, really interesting time. And the thing um, about Weight Watchers that was really interesting and why I found it so successful is like I said, I did it over the summer. So everyone came back from university and like that, the show, I actually love it on Netflix. That's like the summer I got pretty mm-hmm. was that. I remember like going for a dinner, like first month back to school with like a big group of my friends. And my one friend's boyfriend was like, Kendall got hot this summer. And I was like, I always was, but like, I, it just validated that like the smaller I was, the better I was, the more, the prettier I was, the better I felt about myself. And so it started this like thought of just like, if I get skinnier, I will get a boyfriend. If I get skinnier, I will have be in circles that I'm not currently in. Like it just like, mm-hmm. yeah, really like fueled that feeling of like, it was always the weight's fault for anything going on in my life. Yeah. And it sounds like going to Weight Watchers, losing weight, it was your way of gaining control over your life after something that was so out of control happened. Totally. Yeah, 100%. And it's funny now because like where I am in my life now, and I would say like, especially in like considering I'm 35 weeks pregnant, um, getting ready to have this child where I won't have control. Control is one of those things that like often if I don't have it, it is saying I try to gather and it used to be a t- like it used to be food. It used to be mm-hmm. like that's how, oh, you know what? I'm stressed out. Like, you're not going out what it is. I just need to start a new diet. I just need to start a new workout plan. I will start on Monday and life will be better. Yeah. It's because I'm being lazy. It's because I'm being like I've let go that aspect of my life where now I understand it as like, that was a coping mechanism for me to have that control, to feel like I was like in charge of something. Yeah. 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 And it's not even, you don't even necessarily have to follow through. It's even just making that plan of I'm going to start over tomorrow or Monday, I'm going to do this. It's like, it gives you just some sense of peace and feeling like you have a plan and you have structure and it doesn't even matter if you follow through or not. It's, the plan that really brings that sense of peace yeah and I would say often in those times I like didn't feel like I deserved to feel good or that I like when I was like out of control I guess like I sometimes I would be like okay I'm gonna start a new plan or a new workout and then I would do day one and I'm like okay so now you have permission to feel good about yourself mm. because you did a b c d e you know Versus just being able to say like, hey, this is what's going on. How do I treat myself with compassion right now and allow myself to forgive myself or or manage whatever's happening right now without saying like, I have to do certain things to be able to feel a certain way about myself. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't have the tools at the time. No, that's it. Exactly. Yeah. And then thankfully this wonderful redhead walked (laughs) What was it like for you when you were really in it? You know, what was it like when you reached out to me? Yeah. So when I reached out to you is actually um, at the very beginning of the pandemic. And I would say what it felt for me when I was really in it is that like I was 24 seven about food. Like I just couldn't like the amount of brain space food would take in my life of like how much I had been eating, what kind of food we had, what I was going to eat today when I was going to start my new diet, what new diet should I start? Like it just consumed my brain that way. 
it was kind of interesting. Like I had started following you on Instagram that you had popped into my feed and I just started following you for probably like a couple months. And then the pandemic hit and my husband and I, like I said, I like to cook. So I often like would cook with fresh food and buy groceries every week. And it was just the two of us. So we never had like a big pantry storage, like tons of food on hand, I would say. And when the pandemic hit, like everyone else, we went and bought more food than we've ever had in our life. And so the amount of food in my house was astronomical. Like Mm -hmm. I'm talking like we had bought some food and then Josh, the day that they told me I was going to leave work and go work from home, I call, I remember calling Josh, he, my husband, he had a day off and saying like, I think you need to go buy more food. Like, uh, this is like legitimate that we're in a pandemic Mm -hmm. and he went and spent $700 on food. So I'm talking like we had like a two kilogram huge block of cheese that I had to like freeze. Like, yeah, I shouldn't have sent him to go get food. But anyways, so it was at that time, like obviously everyone knows what that confusion of that time was, but Mm -hmm. I had more food in my house than I had ever been in any house before. Yeah. So like our pantry was full, our freezers were full, our fridge was full. We had so much food here. And at the beginning of the pandemic, I, being a high performer at my job was very concerned that people would think I wasn't working because I was at home. Mm -hmm. So I was overcompensating by like working more, doing a lot of like shame and guilt if I wanted to like take my dog for a walk during the day or like stop and take 15 minutes so I could have a coffee and like just relax for 15 minutes. Like I always felt really guilty and a lot of shame at that time. Mm -hmm. So I remember actually putting like a note on my chair right by my work desk that said like this is a no shame and guilt zone because I was just in a fury of thoughts and that's where like I would say I was in like the thick 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 of it mm-hmm. and so pandemic was March obviously 2020 my birthday is in May and so at that point I'd been like kind of like watching you from the sidelines and finally I decided I'm like I'm gonna book a discovery call and I remember like meeting with you and having that call and it went really well and like we kind of talk and you're like, I think you'd be a great candidate for like what I, what I do. And I remember getting off that call and kind of thinking to myself, it does all sound good, but I'll never, I'll never live a life where I don't think about food. Mm. I think this could help me, but like, I'll never be like, quote unquote, cured from yeah. like my disordered eating. And so even to this day, I like, I have a hard time investing in myself and like spending money on myself. Yeah, And so I also knew that like working with you, like I was working with like any therapy is that like there was going to be a cost associated with it. And so I knew I needed to like work that in. And so because it was around my birthday, I was like, you know what, for my birthday, I'm going to give myself this. I'm going to work with Brittany. That's what I'm going to give myself. And bless my husband. He was my boyfriend at the time. He, for my birthday that year, actually, I like, I love letters of like affirmation and stuff. So he had wrote me a letter And in the letter was a check that was made out to like Brittany Allison. And he's like, you're doing this work for like us and our family too. And our future family and what our future looks like. So like, I want to buy this for you. Like I want to contribute towards this. The kindest thing, actually, I probably still have the check somewhere. I tell that story because it was a big moment for me to actually be like, I so appreciate you, Josh. Thank you. But like, I need to invest in this myself and gift this to myself and give it to myself 
to show myself that like, I'm worth it to do this work and yeah. I'm worth it to invest in this work. And so, yeah, it was like May, 2020 when we started working together and I'm so thankful for that time. Cause like one, we had more, I had more time on my hands than ever before. So it probably allowed me to go deeper in the work that we did together and like really focus on it and be able to kind of like not do it in isolation, but because we were kind of all isolated, it was like, I was able to like really focus on it and like be really kind to me at that time. So I believe that like everything happens for a reason and things come into our life when it's exactly meant to be. And frankly, like you and I and our working relationship together came in right at that perfect time mm. when I pro- when I definitely needed it the most. Yeah, it sounds like it was a really hard time for you and there were just so many unknowns, right? And you're yeah. having a hard time dealing with that lack of control and you felt that over your life and over what was happening with food. And so you saw that as a sign to do something for yourself and help yourself instead of drowning in it. And going back to what you said of, you know, okay, this is all fine and good and great. And this sounds amazing, but I don't think I can really get to that place of genuinely like not thinking about food all the time. Why do you think you felt that way? I think it's because I, that's all I'd ever known at that point. So when we started working together, 2020, I think I was 31. And so like in grade seven, you're like, 12 let's say so like for the last 20 years I had been like somewhat part of my brain had always been considered consumed to like my body and how I fit in and how I appear and how I show up and what I eat and so I think just for me at that time I just felt like that's always been something I've had to do and always been like a part of how I show up who I am honestly as a person at that point of like being concerned about these things. And because like, it was so all consuming at that time, I never imagined that I could just all of a sudden like live my day without having like some kind of like shame about my body or guilt about food or worried about where we're going for supper tonight. And if I should order something like just all, it was all consuming. So I just thought there's no way that I'm going to get to a point where I just don't have these thoughts daily, constantly on my mind. Mm. and I think at that time I thought it was still about the food right so when you think it's just about the food and you're like well for the rest of my life I'm gonna have to feed myself I'm gonna be around food for the rest of my life yep and so I think that was part of it too is that it was like I'm daily gonna have to do this so I'm daily gonna have to think about this so there's no way I'm gonna get rid of these thoughts mm-hmm. even though I knew it would help I knew working with you would help I just never recognized at that time or fully like believed no this is going to change your life Hmm. so then how did you why did you say yes why did you decide to start working with me if there was so much disbelief I feel like there was there was disbelief but between like our first conversation I felt like so comfortable with you like we we just right from the start I like I believed in you I think is a big part of it yeah and that you were someone that I wanted to surround myself from. And like, I think also at this time, I probably had been watching you on social media for six months, if not like a year. And so it's like, I'd already like come along to like, when I want to deal with my food, I'm going to work with Brittany. Yeah. Or work with Brittany. So I think that as much as I had disbelief in myself, I knew I was at a point where like, I had to do something. Right. Like I'd always encourage people to like go to therapy, work on themselves, Unfortunately, like prior to this, I was miss self-help book 
the amount of self-help books I'm trying to go through on my bookshelf right now is just like astronomical. I was always looking for something outside myself of like how I needed to improve. Right. Like, and that goes like the amount of diet books that are out there too. And so, yeah, I think even though I had disbelief, I knew it was the right thing. Like I just kind of was at a point in my journey that I was like, I'm so sick of feeling this way. Yeah. That like, I have to, I have to try something. Mm-hmm. It's like, if this doesn't work, I did believe it would get closer to what that could look like or how I could support myself. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And that's something that I always say to my new clients too, is, you know, you don't trust yourself right now. And while you learn to trust yourself, put your trust in me that I can guide you through this to that place where you can finally feel trust in yourself. I'm so glad you said that because I was thinking about that this morning, like how big of a deal that is, is like, you don't trust yourself at all at that time. And so to your point of like, I, through working with you, I learned to trust myself. And that's been like, probably one of the biggest things of me being able to be sitting where I am right now is the trust I have for myself now. Mm-hmm. Didn't even, ex- I didn't even know it didn't exist back then. And so, um, especially when it comes to like food and trusting my body. So yeah, I think you're exactly right. Like you hit it bang on there is like at that moment, I didn't trust myself. But as I said, I believed in you and I did trust the process and trust that like good could come from our working together. And it was like, then we started working together. And the first, I remember the first time we had our first session and then you gave me like our first module we worked through. It was like, my eyes like shot open, like being like, oh my goodness, I've never had like thought about these kind of questions before or these kind of like thoughts. And so doing that work on my own. And then we met again for like our second meeting and going through them one by one and you helping me be like, okay, now go deeper. Cause mm-hmm. I had thought to myself, like, I've never heard this question. Here's my like surface thoughts. But then to be like, okay, now like consider this, consider this, consider this, where we could actually like dive in and actually like see like, almost like my subconscious answers to some of those questions that I didn't know where those like voices and seeds planted was such transformative work. Yeah. It's hard to do that on your own too, right? To be prompted to go deeper, to even see that you maybe need to when you're so in your train of thought and how you usually think it's, it's hard to go there on your own. And that's why people do therapy too, right? Is because they need to be asked those questions to dig into what they're actually thinking instead of just staying at the surface. Yeah. I was having a conversation about that just the other day with a girlfriend of mine of that, like, that's where like healing has to happen too, is like at that deep level where those like seeds were planted. I should say like healing can happen everywhere. I should, what I mean is like for you to get to that really raw, deep, hard level, because it is, it's hard stuff. To yeah. like recognize yourself and to process and all that kind of stuff. That's where like sustainable change I think can happen. Cause I learned so much about myself. And then by learning about myself allowed me to like trust myself and understand where I'd got some of these thoughts and how I like was showing up. Mm-hmm. And so what were some of the most important things that you addressed in your food freedom journey? Yeah. So for me, really starting with like, where did some of these patterns start? Like, where did I pick some of these up? Like, you know, like I told that story earlier on about being called fat in grade seven. I didn't know how impactful that was um, at that time. Or like 
for me, I had a ton of food rules. Like mostly I would say from when I did Weight Watchers, cause it is built on like rules and points and this is how you do things. And so I didn't realize like how many of those subconsciously like still came into play with me. Like, for example, like I always aim to have like a 300 calorie breakfast mm-hmm. or like um, a meal wasn't as good if it didn't have protein. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, some meals just don't have protein and that's okay too. It's still a way of me feeding myself or like crazy things. Like I had convinced myself I didn't like cheese on like sandwiches or subs or like a cheese slice on a, like a sandwich. Like, no, I don't know. Like anytime someone would like offer me cheese, I'd be like, oh, I don't like cheese on my sandwiches. And I remember like working through you on that and being like, okay, now we're going like, to challenge all of our food rules or something. So it's like this week, I want you to like do those things. And I remember having like a sandwich, making a sandwich and putting like a cheese slice on it and eating it and being like, Brittany, <laughs> so much better with cheese. Like, you know, like it was, it was those kind of things that I literally had got to the point that I'd convinced myself I didn't like it as a way to like, not feel like I was missing out on having a piece of cheese on a sandwich. Yeah. But I knew, I knew even from like all my diets that like, if I'm going to have a sandwich, I'm already having the bread. I'm already having like the processed meat, which isn't like, I mean, none of it's bad. But like, for me, it was like, if I don't have mayo and I don't have cheese, I just eliminated like 200 calories. Right. It was all about the math. Yeah. It was all about the math. It didn't matter that like, oh no, like having cheese on your sandwich might mean you can be fuller longer, that you're more satisfied. Um, And that like, you just like enjoy it. Like who doesn't love a good ham and cheese sandwich? Well, probably lots of people, but I (laughs) am a big fan of a sandwich with some cheese on it. So I think that was like something that was really transformative to me. The trust piece came because I would, I would binge. And so the trust piece of like having food in my house that I would want to binge on and like trusting myself that I could have it Mm -hmm. and then be like, and I can have more tomorrow. Or if this bag runs out, we can buy more from the store. And so like trying to introduce things in my house, knowing that I'm like, oh, I don't keep that in the house because that's like, that's a binge waiting to happen for me. So having to like challenge and get more comfortable with that. The exercise where we started having to do how hungry are you before the meal? How hungry are you after the meal? And like me starting to trust my body and understand like my hunger cues and like that it's okay that I ate 20 minutes ago and I'm hungry again now. What did I learn about how I'm feeding myself? Why am I hungry? Mm-hmm. Just understanding that like it wasn't something to be punished. It was like actually like just trust my body. Yeah. It's trying to send me a message right now. So that was really powerful for me. Oh, and that it like I would say like this like happened through like the evolution of our time together of me realizing anytime there's scarcity, it will lead to a binge. Yeah. Like if you restrict, like it's going to be the result of it. And so understanding that and then just being like, yeah, that's not, that's not what I want for myself. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, I would say like me really working on challenging my, like observing my thoughts, looking at them and then finding how I used food for me was a coping mechanism. It was saying, like you said before, we talked before about me being able to control or me being able to control my body. Yeah. And so understanding different times in the day when like things are out of control and I had to find different things, ways to cope. And I, I also like appreciated when we were working together that you're like, there might be times that you're finding different ways to cope and you have 
tried going for the walk and you've tried to journal and you've tried to process it or talk to a friend or do the number of different tools I have. And what's going to give you comfort right now is a bowl of craft dinner. And that's okay too. Mm-hmm. And like, that was such huge learning for me to be like, it doesn't mean that I can never enjoy ice cream again because I've just had a hard day and I'm tired and I, that's what's going to bring me that comfort right now. Yeah. But that like, I, I don't go automatically like I need this to be able to feel. And for me, like, it's interesting, like in the evenings I found I would eat a lot and it was because I, my body was actually tired, but I didn't know what to do with that. Like, I didn't know my body was trying to be like, you're tired, go to bed. Mm-hmm. Instead, I was like, I'm feeling this way. I need to eat. But my body, you either need to go to bed because you're tired or you need to go eat because you actually need more energy if you're going to stay up. Mm -hmm. Where like at that time, I just was like, I need to eat because I can't cope with whatever's going on. And like, that'll bring me dopamine and comfort if I just eat. Yeah. And I would say like the thing for me and you when we were working through stuff was, as I said, I was an athlete my whole life. Like physical activity has always been something that I've been passionate about. I've had different like careers working in physical activity. And so it's definitely a value of mine, but I didn't realize I had like started using physical activity as like punishment. Like I still was getting enjoyment out of it, but like punishment of validation that I could be good or like that I'm good because I move this way or like I had to get this so many workouts in a week or like movement where like we really work through like what movements feel good to you? How do you enjoy moving your body? When do you enjoy moving your body? Like if you don't enjoy this, like you don't want to work out right now, are you actually just like tired and don't want to? Or is it you're forcing yourself to do that? Yeah. That I just had to relearn at the same time I was relearning, like trusting myself and relearning my relationship with food and how to become an intuitive eater. I would say I was also working towards like becoming an intuitive mover Mm -hmm. and that food and movement don't go, don't have to go together. They don't go together. They're two separate things. And I don't have to move as a result of my food. Yep. And so that probably is something that like to this day means way more to me because I get, I guess moving my body doesn't have to look a certain way where before it had to look a certain way. It had to be going to a gym. It had to be three workouts a week. It had to be so exhausted by the end of a workout. It had like, it had to be a certain way for me to be like, that was an approved way of moving my body. Mm -hmm. And I think a big part of that for you too, is unlinking some of those identity pieces of being the fit and healthy person. Yeah. And the identity pieces of being the fit and healthy person before my stroke and realizing that like, I always wanted like people to think I was an active person. If you remember working through that with me, like, yeah. oh, I want to be seen as active. And now it's interesting of where I am in my life. Like I, after our time together, I did work like exclusively with a really great trainer and a really great gym in my city that I loved. And I did that for a year and I learned a lot. And I, I was at a point where I wanted to try what that looked look, look for me. And I did it for about a year and I really enjoyed it until I like, was no longer giving me the satisfaction that I like. And so now the way I look at physical activity is like, how do I, I move my body in ways that just feel good. Like I went for a walk this morning and for me, like going into motherhood, I know a big part of postpartum for me will be walking, but not walking to lose the weight. It's actually walking for my mental health and walking for me to get outside and be like fresh air in nature. And so like, 
that transition of like, I don't care if you see me as an active person, I am doing these things because they make me feel good. Yeah. If people consider me an active person because I walk a lot, cool. But like, I could, I don't care where at one point I cared. Yeah. Detaching that piece of it being about other people and how they perceive you to just being about what you know about yourself and what helps you feel good. Yeah. Love that. It's cool. It's cool. Like even talking through this today, I'm like, some of these things I haven't thought about in a couple of years and that like Mm. are just like life now. Like I don't beat myself up the way I want to beat myself up with my thoughts. I always had like this ideal of who I was and who I should be. And I, the word should was huge for me of like, this is who I should be. This is how I should look. Mm -hmm. And breaking that down and being like, I'm forgetting all the things that like I already am. And that like what actually feels like natural and good to me and who I am as a person more that like I was going after this ideal self, but I was like, do I even have interest in like going to the gym four days a week for an hour? Like, do you know how much time and energy that takes? And like, not that there's anything wrong with that either. Hmm. Just that for me, it's like, do I actually want to even be this ideal person and have to be that hard on myself to make myself look and appear a certain way? Yeah. Yeah. And detaching yourself from the the idea that not striving to be that person is a bad thing or that it makes you a bad person or just makes you bad. Yeah. If anything, it's like, oh, you're actually just trusting that who I am now. And like, I got like through this process, I actually got to know myself. And I don't think I ever really knew myself before because I was always trying to tell myself that I should look or be or act or show up differently. Mm-hmm. So that was the process, I think, a big part of it. So really, in a lot of ways, what this came down to is cultivating that deep knowing that you are enough right now. Yeah. And we've heard it before, like happiness is an inside job. Mm-hmm. And I knew that. But until you start actually like really working on it, it's like an inside job of exactly that. Knowing that you are enough exactly as you are. Yeah. And by me gaining that confidence so much of the other stuff that like I was giving time and energy to no longer mattered because I knew what was important to me and like who I was and that I was enough. I am enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. That's really beautiful. Yeah. And so maybe what's one piece of advice you would tell somebody who's struggling with body image or their relationship with food right now? The advice I would give is like reach out for help. As we've said before, getting to the deep level I needed, I needed support that like life doesn't have to, I wish I would have asked for help sooner. Yeah. Or like understanding that like the feelings I was feeling or the way I was consumed with food or felt like I needed to change. Like, I just wish I would have like set, had more conversations with people about the way I was feeling, not even necessarily like a dietitian or a therapist or like, but like having conversations even with like my friends and my family and just kind of like not sitting in my own thoughts on it. Yeah. Because I feel like I know how transformative it's been these last couple of years for me. And I I wish I could have had that you are enough when I was in my 20s. Right. And I, I can't go back in time now, but I just think of even like my, I guess my advice is like, do the work. Yeah. Do the work because sitting, not doing it is actually like, you're just deli- like at some point you're going to have to do it. Mm -hmm. 
that's how we like get through this is that we have to start going inside and looking at ourselves and asking for our help. And that I think that getting help from others to do that deep work is makes it go for me. It made me, it go faster and it made it go. I was able to get where I needed to get quicker in the sense of like going deeper inside. And that like, I'm so thankful that I did that work. I don't know if you remember this or not, but I hundred percent did at the end of our time together. I don't know if it was our last session or what it was. I said, this work that we've done together will impact my grandchildren. At one point this morning, I thought, I'm like, at what point is this pregnant lady going to start crying during this (laughs) podcast? (laughs) And I fully believe that of like, it is like me doing this work is generational work that I have had to work on for my own family line. And that I'm trying to change for my family going forward. And as I said, I'm 35 weeks pregnant. I don't know if we're having a girl or a boy, but mm-hmm. if I'm having a girl, my grandchild children are inside of me right now, actually. That's really like, that's the full circle of like how this works. And that like, yeah, my advice would just be like, do the work and be so kind with yourself. Like it's not one thing that put you in this situation. This is years of just work and like planted seeds and trauma and tough times and just different things that have like happened through your life and not that anyone intended them to be but like that now it's time to like say like break yourself free from it I would guess that's not easy work but making the decision to say like life can look different than it does right now mm-hmm. and I'm a perfect product of that of that first discovery call and me being like but I'll never food will always still kind of consume me and I can like sit here now and be so thankful that like Food for me is food. It is not good or bad. It's what I want at the time. It's a way of trusting myself, feeding myself, nourishing myself. That's like so kind. And even like going into again, motherhood is so much part of my self-care. Like mm-hmm. the way I feed myself through my pregnancy, the way my body has changed through my pregnancy, the way it will once I become a mother is actually me taking care of myself. It's not me punishing myself like it once was. And that's really cool when that switch happened of like food is here to sustain me and to help me and to make me feel good. It's not for me to control and feel guilty or shameful about. It's just genuinely self-care now. Yes. And like doing the work will truly change your life. It has for me. And hopefully like, I mean, no, not hopefully I know has changed the life of like my children and their children which is really, really cool. That's really beautiful. Yeah. Wonderful words of wisdom for everybody listening that brought tears to my eyes. And you're, you're just, you've come so far. I think if you could have a conversation with that March or April or early May 2020 Kendall and just tell her where you're at right now, she'd be so proud of you. And I'm so proud of you. Yeah, she would. Believe yeah, thank you. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And I'm really yeah. excited for you and you know, your future family and it growing. That's really exciting. And I just, I'm so happy for you, truly. I really appreciate that. And it's been such a cool journey these last couple of years and where we're at now. And yeah, I'm just so thankful for the work we did together. And that like, when you came out with a podcast, I thought to myself, I'm like, I want to be on Brittany's podcast, but I was too <laughs> like, not scared to maybe not the right word, but you can't see, but in front of me, I have a notebook that says, slow down, speak clearly, keep it concise. <laughs> <laughs> and like think about your answers it's because like 
it's cool because like this even like full circle now like having gone through this journey but then like even just being on your podcast and having this conversation with you is like bucket list kind of stuff for me and things that I hope my future self would have the wisdom to do at that time of like March 2020 so yeah it's cool it is really exciting and just thank you for coming on here and sharing your story a lot of people are going to get a lot from it and be inspired by you so thank you for doing that Thank you so much. And I wish you all the best with all the editing that you're going to have to do. (laughs) No, no, this is great. And I think everybody listening is going to really love both of our Canadian accents. I hear that really, really often. (laughs) It's so funny. And I had this conversation with another client who's probably going to listen to this about craft dinner and how they don't call it that in the States. It's craft macaroni and cheese. And I remember I said craft dinner and then she was like, wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> and so I, it was just really perfect that you said craft dinner. Because- it's almost like you like planned that, like, please say craft dinner. But I yeah. remember that I often still think about you when I have like a box craft craft dinner. <laughs> it's just, like, Brit- like, I remember being like, Brittany said I could do this. And like, not, that's not like my thoughts toward it now. But at that time, it was like, yeah, just like transformative that like, I can like still have craft dinner. And even like, food will look differently through this time too from like a self-care like how do I nourish myself and take care of myself so I can take care of this being and it's really cool to see that evolution of like I don't have in my head like I have to lose the weight it has to look a certain way and even like I mean these next five weeks are a little bit like crazy in the sense of like I mean I'm very pregnant at the point moment and that like post baby you know like my body's gonna change Mm -hmm. and like going in there knowing that like I'll be able to like appreciate it probably also have feelings of like whose body is this and like kind of like some thoughts but like that I'm not scared about that I'm not scared of like me attacking myself and my body the way I would have like it had I been pregnant five years ago right so that's been so cool too to be able to like appreciate this not be so hard on myself on something that's like actually so beautiful and cool yeah it's just cool talking to you like honestly like it makes me want to like relook through some of the work it's so mm-hmm. cool Britt like I'm so proud of you I know you know that already but like when we worked one-on-one clients like when we were finishing you were just launch- launching your group work and like how that's all come together and then like just even watching like all the work you've done like social and all your reels and now this podcast and like how much you've learned and built your business over the last couple of years is being like so cool for me to even like watch and feel like even at the time that we worked like I still think your modules is like how did she even think of coming this coming up with these questions and like putting together these like I just think it's so amazing the work you're doing and the fact that like having worked with you previously and then the first time I listened to your podcast it was almost like I and I think I shared that with you it's like I had a session again with you like just hearing your voice and like the way that you speak and teach and hold space for people the podcast literally can do that for your clients and so many people I bet now so that's so cool. I just want to applaud you for that. And like all you've learned and put like work in over the last couple of years. Thank you. As I say, that means a lot. Totally. It's a, it's a journey for everybody, right? <laughs> Me included. And congrats on the baby again and good luck with everything. And the next five weeks, hopefully they go well and you know, you don't get too uncomfortable <laughs> or anything like that. I can only imagine. Take care. Have a wonderful day. You too. So nice to see you. Big hugs to you. Same to you. Okay. Take care. You too. Bye. If you resonated with Kendall's story, what she shared about how her life changed through working with me, and you're wanting to explore taking that step forward for yourself, I am currently accepting new clients into my one-to-one coaching program. 
work through your biggest challenges with food, body image, and life while having my support, accountability, expertise, and constant encouragement along the way so you can get to feeling free, balanced, and have that knowing that you're enough as you are. I'll put the link in the show notes to book a free 30-minute discovery call with me so we can get the ball rolling. And if you have any questions, feel free to send me an email at brittanyallison.rd at gmail.com.